Welcome to the Oddcast, tales of teaching and learning at Hendricks College, with your host, Rob O'Connor. Just be your natural self. With, <laughs> Maybe not too. With less profanity. Yeah, less natural. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Be a more sanitized Dorian. (laughs) I can do that. Okay, that that. sounds good. Welcome to Oddcast Season 2, our first guest, Dorian Stuber. Dorian, welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on this uh, this new season. First of all, you are professor of English. When did you join the department? 2007. 2007, okay. And what what are some of the courses that you teach or have taught? Okay, so um, of course I teach regularly is Holocaust literature, uh, yes. Holocaust in literature, theory, and film. Um, most offer that most semesters. Uh, that's a lower level, 200 level class. I also have a 300 level, upper level English course for majors that's Holocaust related. It's called Literature After Auschwitz. Um, and those are the two courses that are most connected to the, the work that I'm doing, especially for the Odyssey professorship. Mm-hmm. Um, I also teach courses in 20th century British literature. I have a course on Virginia Woolf and D.H. Lawrence. I have a course on 20th century experimental British fiction. Um, and I teach uh, short fiction, uh, introduction to academic writing. Um, and maybe a more unusual course, the one that I really love teaching is called Writing for Life. That's a course uh, about how to write personal statements. Okay. Um, and I've been able to offer that a couple of times, including once more in that upcoming academic year. That's fantastic. Yeah. Have you done anything with the career folks about personal statements? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's together what... with uh, Amanda Moore yeah. and uh, Felipe Prunetti Sentios, yeah. we, we did a short course uh, together right. okay. last academic year. And I think okay. that, that Amanda and Felipe did it again together, the two of them, this year. Okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. You might have traveled the furthest distance to, uh, so to speak, to to come here. You're it's possible. Yeah, you are a native. Well, I think like someone like Wenja probably has has come for yeah, even further. Okay. But, so not but, the further. Yes, yeah, but, but it's but I gotta yeah. be gotta be up there. I would imagine. Okay. Yeah, I'm from Western Canada. I'm from Calgary, Alberta. Okay. Uh, that's where I grew up. And um, you went to school for undergrad? At... For undergrad, I went to uh, University of King's College. Okay. It's uh, one of the only liberal arts colleges in Canada. It's okay. in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, yeah. And, but you did, and you did your grad work in the States, right? Yeah, I have a master's degree from um, we, uh, Western University in London, Ontario, and okay. because in Canada, their master's degrees are sort of separate from from PhDs, okay. uh, as opposed to in the States, they tend to be kind of rolled together. Right. And then I have uh, a PhD from uh, Cornell. So okay. that's when I came to the States to to go there. Okay. Part yeah. of the great Cornell. Yes. Migration. The, exactly. Yes. <laughs> English <laughs> department, big red, represents. Yeah. That's great. That's great. When, At what point did you decide you wanted to be a teacher? Um, well, I, I do have a memory of... Uh, in the summer between my sophomore and junior years. And uh, I was a bookseller before I went to college. I took some time off between high school and college a few okay. years. And so, yeah. and I was a bookseller. And and then when I was in college, I was, that was my part-time job. I was doing that yeah. as well. So I remember just, you know, um, reading this, bu- this book. It's a, it's a wonderful novel by this Australian writer called David Maloof. And I, just something about that book, I was had this moment where I was reading, I was like, you know, if I was going to teach it, I would want to do this. And it was sort yeah. of the first time when I was kind of like thinking in that way. Right. I do think as I reflect back that like even as a small child, like I would like teach imaginary 
yeah. classes, you know, like um, I remember like I think it was a kid when it was when I was in the bathtub and I would that I would be you're, like pretending to be teaching stuff. So you so were I, professing and I was professing. <laughs> yeah. So, it's you know, if you'd asked me as a kid, what do you want to be? I had lots of answers. None of them were teacher. But <laughs> but clearly that was somehow always in the background and okay. eventually just came to the fore. OK. Uh, yeah. Do you ever record your lectures now in the bathtub? Or? It's more me time. OK. Uh, yeah. Understood. I just understood I and moved myself. Understood yeah. and, and moving on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're really good, but I just don't. I don't just keep that for myself. That's good. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that service to the academy. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping that to yourself. Some of the uh, some of the particularly the Holocaust interest. How did that uh, develop? Yeah. Um, it's a great question and one that um, the students who I'm working with right now in my professorship were all. I'm writing doing this as well. We're all writing a personal essay uh, about kind of what our investment in this topic is. So I've been thinking about this. One of the kind of points of entry was, uh, of course, I took in college um, we, uh, uh, and, of course, on Holocaust literature, um, which was a really important course for me. Um, but there was a big gap between taking that and then like... Like I didn't study that in my PhD. I didn't, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. I didn't yeah, do my yeah. right work on that. I did do a lot of work on the idea of trauma and kind of traumatic scenarios and how we can okay. represent those scenarios that sure. sort of seem to be so excessive and destructive. And so, so that's clearly connected, but I wasn't right. thinking about the Holocaust directly. Um, when I got here, uh, you know, one of the great things about the job is uh, they you can you have a lot of flexibility to teach different things and yeah. the, the department was really great about like okay well what kinds of things we want to teach and i was like well you know i think it would be really interesting to try out doing a course on holocaust literature and they were yeah. like sounds good so yeah, i like about it for me is it's been a kind of learning process along the way yeah. and it's become mm -hmm. kind of this passion where i've just been able to um bring that area of interest into a lot of other parts of my life. You know, yeah. I've taught adult education classes and I've yeah. taught in public schools, right. uh, guest lecturing on Holocaust related stuff, things like this. And so yeah. it's, a, and it is a topic that is, um, people are interested in it. Sure, uh, It's an important topic. It's a topic that uh, is kind of only more relevant now. We're in a cultural moment where it's the last moment of survivors you know i mean yeah, right. in the next five to ten years in ten years i don't you know we won't really there won't really be anyone left yeah. who, who experienced right. the events directly and so so that's going to be a big challenge for like us as a culture of like how are we going to how are we going to keep the memory of that mm -hmm. of that event uh, living on and and we already know from a lot of recent studies that people's knowledge of the event is is kind of fracturing in yeah. a way like you know like 50 percent of north americans don't know what it what Right. It was. And so, right. you know, there's a recent study that was done. So um, so so there's a kind of imperative to a sort of moral imperative, sure. you know, sure. I mean, it's a bit grandiose, but I do feel that it feels really important to me in a yeah. way. And so I think that's also furthered my sense of like yeah. wanting to continue to pursue this line of thinking. Let's talk a little bit about your experience with the Hendrix Odyssey program yeah. and then maybe how that led to. The professorship. Sure. Did you, yeah. Did you do sort of one-off Odyssey projects as a none that I led as a faculty member. I had you know been sponsor for various student projects. Okay. You know whether those be uh, internships at yeah. uh, in libraries or publishing companies, for example. Or uh, there were also a couple of ho Holocaust-related projects that I was uh, sort of sponsor slash advisor for. 
but I hadn't led anything myself. Uh, so this was kind of a big uh, leap for me to kind of like to yeah. go go for the Odyssey professorship. And So you and got started big. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took me a long time to, you know, I'm a late bloomer for everything. It took me sure. a long time to figure out like, how could I kind of make this work for me, yeah, yeah. you know? But I do think the kind of sustained opportunity that the Odyssey professorship, you know, offers yeah. was really appealing. And as I got more and more involved in some of the kind of community aspects of Holocaust education that I was alluding to kind of briefly beforehand, yeah. but that seemed like a really good fit yeah. with the sort of spirit of the of the Odyssey program. Okay. So that's where I sort of decided maybe I can make an intervention there and there. Okay. And so, so, um, when did you, when did, when did you decide I'm going to apply for, um, the the Odyssey professorship and, and then, uh, and what, what professorship is that? Right. Right. So that probably would have been the summer before last when I decided I was going to apply and then applied for it in the fall. Okay. Um, so this, this is like, 1819, right? Yeah. So this would have been like uh, 1718, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the uh, Isabel Peregrine uh, Odyssey Professorship, okay. uh, which is an Odyssey it's... professorship that has a, a kind of emphasis in um, literature and mm. also journalism. Yep. Um, right, right. And so because I gather that the the, the person that it's named after w- was really involved in yes. journalism. And That's so, right. That's right. so I think that... Um, that was obviously useful to me in applying for this uh, award, but also, you know, it's not journalism per se, but it is that sort of like public engagement yeah. aspect yeah. that is really central to, to journalism. And so, you know, we're using Holocaust literature in this professor in my project, uh, but we're using Holocaust literature in order as a way to facilitate Holocaust education. And so, okay. you know, the the gist of the professorship is that uh, it's a three year professorship, and so for each of the years. I'm selecting four students uh-huh. to work with for the whole year. And so we're calling those the Peregrine Scholars in okay. Holocaust Literature and Education. So it's a kind of competitive application process. And then uh, we do a series of projects together over the course of the year um, where they are learning about the Holocaust yeah. to deepen their their knowledge. Most yeah. of them have some knowledge. They've taken a class with me or something. Um, but then they're also learning how to transmit what they're learned to different kinds of audiences. So, for example, we have um, taught the, there's a course at the Reform Synagogue in uh, Little Rock, Temple Mm -hmm. B'nai Israel, and they have a Judaism 101 course they offer every year that the rabbi teaches, Barry Block, um, and it's for people who are thinking of converting or people who are just interested in learning more about Judaism in the right. community. Some mm-hmm. some are some are members of the congregation and just want to brush up, but a lot of them are, are non-Jews. And um, I, for the past several years, I've been going in there to teach the the week on uh, it meets once a week in the evening on the Holocaust. And so yeah. this year, I went together with the students, and the yeah. the, the five of us did it together. And yeah. um, we had all been together to D.C. to do work at the United States Holocaust Memorial Smart. Museum, yeah. um, which is, you know, that along with Yad Vashem in, in Jerusalem is, is probably the best kind of resource for Holocaust study in the world. So we'd been in the archives together for a few days and over okay. winter break and students had found materials like poems and letters. Yeah. Um, and so each of them had worked up one piece of text and they yeah. were teaching that to the people in in, in the audience. So, wow. so, so it's a chance for our students to teach. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. So then a few weeks after that, they came to my class, my 200 level Holocaust lit class. They uh-huh. did the same thing with their peers. And so... Yeah. 
one of the things that we've been working on is like, you know, who is the audience and right. what what does the audience right. maybe know and what's the best way to reach that audience? Yeah. It's not always going to be the same. Um, this week, on Thursday, we this was not planned, but we came up about in the last few weeks. We've been invited to speak to the local FBI field office. Oh, wow. Um, they have a diversity event once a month. And so... Um, that we're doing a, a session for them on the Holocaust on Thursday morning, um, wow. their, diversity, their monthly diversity lunch. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and then uh, the week next week on Tuesday, also this was not planned, but um, in Russellville, I don't know if you've been following what's happened up there. There were yeah the the, the, the neo-Nazi invest big, yeah the big investigation Aryan, yeah, whatever, yeah the rest of fifty people and and oh, there's wow. some connections and. Some ways to uh, to tech, and so their yeah. tech has invited us up to do a, an education yeah. program. We're doing that next Tuesday evening. So I'm taking these two things, the FBI and the the, the other uh, project, were not in your original proposal. They were not. So, but you know, it's kind of like nice because it's sort of like people are kind of like like you know the FBI thing came up. They they contacted the rabbi, and the rabbi's like, hey, you need to talk to these guys. So we're kind of like the people on the ground now, and right. I, I think that's sort of awesome. Uh, the last one will be the one we're writing the little essays for. Will be the Yom HaShoah uh, program. Yom HaShoah is is the Hebrew for the Holocaust Remembrance Day, right. and it's uh, it's usually right around the end of April, beginning yeah. of May every year. Um, the Jewish Federation of Arkansas sponsors that program in for Central Arkansas. So we'll be doing the kind of education component for for that event. Okay. And so, so uh, you know, different audiences every time. Yeah. Um, and so we're learning how to like. How to present? That's in the best great. Possible way. No, that's 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 fantastic because you, the students are going to have to be you know pretty nimble to go from yeah those different audiences. Yeah, and that's a yeah, great life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's really um, it's really good learning experience for them. That's great. Yeah. Now, so it's the same cohort every year that's doing this, right? Well, so every there are four people, but different people every year. So, so I have four okay. students right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing it this year. Next year, it'd be a different cohort. It'd be four different students. Are yeah. the students? English majors. This year, there are three three of the four English majors. One's a history major. Okay, are the students Jewish? None of Any the students are Jews. Interesting. Which okay, I think is also go. actually really great. Yeah, you know, like I think that it's right. sort of like obviously this is an important issue for Jews, but uh, it's an important part of our past. But it's also an important part of everybody's past in some yeah. way. And I think that like it's really useful for others to take on the mantle of Holocaust education yeah. as well. And, uh, you know, this last program, this question about, like, w this essay is about why we want to do this stuff. This came up because of a question that the students got at the first event at the at the temple where people were like, why are you guys doing that? And so, yeah. you know, like, you know, who, these kids who are, they're yeah. all from Arkansas. None of them are Jewish. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And so, you know, they don't seem maybe the most obvious choices for this. And right. I think... And I think people were rightly kind of curious about this. And so yeah. we decided, like, yeah, we should investigate that sort of for ourselves. But also I think that's of interest to others. And and so. That's neat. Yeah. That's great. What um, what what is left to do? So you, you've got, is this year two or year no, one? No, first. This is first this year, year one. Year okay. one, yeah. So yeah. And you'll have another you'll have another cohort the next Yeah, exactly. So and basically it'll be the same kind of thing each year, although um, the first and the third years we have. Uh, the trip to D.C. Uh -huh. The second year, instead of that, there's a trip to Europe. And so that's okay. kind of the, the big expenditure year. And sure, so yeah. um, it would be lovely to be able to do that for all the years, but it's pretty expensive. So uh, we're, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be going for about 10 days to um, 
to Berlin and some sites in the air in the right. area, and then to Poland uh, to yeah. different sites there. Uh, Warsaw, Krakow, Krakow. You know, Auschwitz, Birkenau yeah. is about forty minutes from Krakow, oh, and then amazing. to Lublin, where Madonic uh, extermination yeah. camp was. So um, amazing. Yeah, Amazing so that will be a big, a big part of of next year's. Yeah, uh, are there other unexpected surprises in a, in, in a good way, or things that maybe did not go according to plan? Um, hmm, good question. I mean, I think the the one of the struggles we're having is like uh, how to fit into the time constraints that we always have sure. and the time constraints are different you know sometimes we have an hour and a half sometimes we have an hour sometimes we have 40 minutes sometimes we have 30 minutes and yeah. so and the more we learn especially yeah. the more the students learn i think you know the more there seems like there is to say yeah. and i think we all feel like a real imperative of like well we really need to tell them about this too sure. and you know um and so how to balance that right. has been i think really a, a challenge for all all i mean you know all teachers experience that all the time of like yeah and journals like, too. Uh, just yes, as a you, former, you, yeah, yeah, you've got that. constraints, right? And yeah. like, how, and mostly, I think that's actually kind of enabling. Like, to have a constraint is a real way. Yeah, you know, it's like having a deadline. It's going to force you to yeah. pay attention and to make decisions, and, and you have on. to make decisions, right? Yeah. And so, so that's good. But it's also been something we've kind of like struggled with. I think in terms of like, um, I don't know, de de like things that surprised me. I think just like kind of how fun it is to work with the with this. I mean. Like, I like working with students. That's not a big surprise. But to see the students kind of, like, grappling with this material and really kind of rising to the different challenges that yeah. have, and the opportunities that have come up, yeah. I think, has been kind of gratifying, you know? Like, yeah. I was hoping that we would kind of feel like a team, sort of. And right. and we do, I yeah. think. And so... So that's nice, you yeah. know. Like I wasn't sure if it was going to happen or not, sure. or, how, or how it was going to work good, out, or whatever. Nice group dynamic. Yeah, that sort of totally, thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. So it's good. I think having the trip to DC. We also we went to yeah. to Northwest Arkansas in the fall. There is a big Holocaust education conference there every year mm -hmm. um, for uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers and their teachers. Um, they always, they have like you know hundred hundreds of people come to this and yeah. so they've been going for like 30 years uh so and I, i've been presenting there the last few years so the students came and they got to sit in on these different sessions yeah that was a good learning experience for them but i think having these trips were good bonding moments for so us what, so. what all did you do you mentioned the sort of the itinerary and um in europe what what do you do when you go to DC? Besides, I mean, you obviously spend time in the. So most of the time we were spending at the museum, at and the so museum. for example, we, you know, we did a. Uh, most of the students had not been there before, and so right. you know, we did a, a tour. We went through the permanent exhibit, uh, right. which it's big. It takes a long time, and then we had a debrief with one of the people who worked there, who, yeah. who I know, and so like a chance for the students to kind of like yeah. ask some questions about the structure of the exhibit, um, decisions that were made in putting it together. Um, like questions about like how they think of their mission there, yeah. you know? So we did that. And then we spent some time like in the archive, in the library itself, right. um, uh, which were, was really fun. And we did some other things in DC too. Unfortunately, it, we, it was shutdown time. And so sure. some of the thing, you know, when the shutdown was on, we were right. Some of the things that we had planned to do, like to see the African-American museum, for example, gotcha. yeah. which I think is a, would be, it's much newer than the Holocaust museum, an interesting kind of point of comparison. Sure. Uh, especially as the Holocaust museum is about to launch into their first reorganization of their permanent exhibit that they've, so that's going to be yeah. a big enterprise. And so, 
you know, it's getting a little dated, and so they're they're probably going to look to some of these newer models. So we were hoping yeah. to be able to make that comparison, and we couldn't go there. So we had to kind of yeah. improvise a, a, a little bit. Um, Have you talked to Brett Hill about his professorship with heritage sites and stuff? No, it'd be but, interesting. But it's probably pretty, pretty, that, pretty, yeah. pretty uh, and, some and how, there, how, how yeah. different institutions treat that, right? You know, right. That experience, yeah, you know, showing that yeah, definitely. I mean, evolved. if I had you know all the money in the world, I would love to go to Israel with students because it's really fascinating to compare, yeah, you know, the representation of of the Holocaust in a place like Berlin or a place like Warsaw compared right. to what the Israelis have done in Jerusalem, compared to what's going on in D.C. Yeah, there are some fascinating differences, and so yeah. that would be, you know. In an ideal world, that would be a neat thing to do. Yeah, you're definitely putting Hendrix on the map as a as a Holocaust education resource in in Arkansas in the Mid South. Right, and, uh, right. And you know, yeah. um, as the, as the business in in Russellville suggests, like, I mean, it's just becoming like it's not becoming less relevant. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Sure. And so, as we see rise of of, of uh, far right movements, for example, yep. we, yeah. rise of of denialism, revisionism. Plus, just the kind of like more honest ignorance that I was talking about earlier, as the passage of time happens. Yeah, Hol- you know, there is no mandated Holocaust education in Arkansas. Right. You know, in secondary schools, for example, and that is something that it's really interesting. A lot of my students, the the four students, they're yeah. they're really that's what they most want to work on. They want to work on right. getting this this mandated like as a state thing, like yeah. that there must be because some states have mandated Holocaust education. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so. Uh, so so we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure about what, what the exact steps are to, to start even going about that. But um, anyway, there's going to be plenty of opportunities. And I think that if we could be any kind of resource for that, that that's awesome. Um, are, are there th- switching gears just a, just a little bit? Are, are there things that you're starting to think um, of, you know, I'd, I'd really like to do this, but I got to wait until this professorship's off 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 my plate before i can mm. you know I yeah mean, getting getting back to other right. specialties or courses or anything like that. well i think it's connected to this project for sure i mean i think when my next sabbatical comes up uh the project that i've had sort of like percolating for a long time but it's still very nascent is uh, a book about 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 all this stuff about yeah. like teaching the holocaust literature um I have a blog and I've been and a few years ago I kept it kind of like one semester I tried to keep a series on on teaching my that class my Holocaust class that semester and so I do have a, a lot of material that I wrote there about like you know particular texts and how I teach them and kind of being yeah. really specific about that um, and so this question of like what draws me to the Holocaust and what does it mean to teach people about mm-hmm. the Holocaust those are some of the questions that I kind of want to explore. So I'm looking at trying to write something that would maybe be a little bit more, um, maybe more for a, you know, educated general audience, not so yeah. much an, an academic book per se. So that's kind of the the dream plan, but it's still pretty kind of hazy. But I, yeah. I, I, I people ask me a lot, like, why do you do this stuff? And uh, you know, and like, or don't you, don't you find it really depressing? And questions like that. And and so I'm trying, and I'm still. Not sure exactly how to answer those questions, and those are questions I want to be able to answer better. And so yeah. I think that's that's sort of what the project is spurred by. You know, this professorship, but just teaching in Hendrix a lot. I mean, there, there, there may be. What are some things that you think um, have been unique opportunities that 
might not have had at, at, at teaching at a, a, mm-hmm. a larger mm-hmm. place or a different, you know, mm-hmm. different geography or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Something that's probably a unique to Hendricks experience. Or I didn't think I'd get to do that here, but I did. Right. That was, that was amazing. Right. Well, I mean, the ability through, especially with having the resource of Murphy, right? Yeah, I think right. that a lot, in lots of places, uh, humanities departments, especially literary or language-based programs are kind of, you know, the poor orphans. And, yeah. um, but here we have, and they don't have any money to do stuff with. And here we right. have this, uh, this, this access to these resources. And that yeah. really is transformative and the ability to, to bring in various kinds of writers and stuff. Like it's really amazing where, and these undergraduate students get like kind of this chance to actually to yeah. meet these people and work with these people, you know, like that's really rare. Um, I mean, I was really struck by, I was recently at a, uh, one of those Odyssey dinners uh, where yeah. the students are reflecting on their experiences, right. you know. Over the, right. And one thing that students said loudly and clearly that really struck with me is like they would not have been able to do this stuff were, were not for the funding. And yeah. and the funding is not necessarily huge. And you know, for each of these projects, sometimes it's sure. a relatively small amount of money, but it makes all but the, it's the difference. difference between doing it's and the not difference doing between it. doing and not doing it. Yeah. And like just how little can be so transformative, like that's really right. striking. And so. You know the fact that there are these opportunities for for students, or for me with this professorship, you know, yeah. and to bring to bring students uh, into that kind of work to work closely with them, I yeah. think is the is great for the, me to have the and to be able to have the time through the course release. Like right. that is, I mean, that is not a very sexy, exciting thing to talk about, but it is sure. like it's indispensable to making this happen, right? So, yeah. so those kinds of resources. I think in terms of like doing something here, I think the fact that like there's not a lot there aren't a lot of jewish people here that there's not necessarily like a lot of infrastructure in terms of like thinking about the holocaust is actually mm-hmm. kind of really been beneficial you know like in the sense of for us like mm-hmm. it has made opportunities yeah. arise um and i think in general hendrix has has a long history of uh you know openness and tolerance and uh, and especially around uh any kind of religious based issues at all and yeah. i mean hendrix hillel the the Hendrix Jewish Student Organization was founded by Wayne Clark. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, so like, I think that's a really telling, yeah. you know, that's such a telling, telling anecdote about, about kind of the ethos of the, of the place. And so. That's a, that's a perfect, I mean, you, you add the tradition and the resources of Mur- the Murphy Foundation, the, the, the resources and opportunities with the Odyssey program, and then just the culture and ethos of the yeah. place. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a good, yeah. that's a yeah. three-headed monster. Yeah, right totally. There. In social, such a good way, yeah. In a great way. The social justice <laughs> emphasis, you know, I think yeah. that that fits really well with, with the, the work that, that I'm trying to do, so. Yeah. What's on the, what's on your, what's on your sort of bucket list it's for totally going to be one of these questions that like, you know, tonight I'm falling asleep. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually the real answer. And yeah. I, yeah. And I, and I've got to, I've got to commend you. Your, your restraint on profanity is, is just, is amazing. <laughs> Working hard. Rob. That's, I can, yeah. <laughs> can, can I'm tell. A, I'm a pale shadow of my <laughs> usual self. <laughs> Finding You're, this conversation the, very dull, it's because Rob made me that. The way. Odyssey, yeah, yeah. on, on <laughs> behalf of the Odyssey program director and your department chair, your your restraint is greatly appreciated. Admirable, admirable. yeah. Your spouse, yeah. Your child, all She's, they're used to it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, having Spiegelman was like was like such yeah. a dream come true. I mean, part of me wants to say I would love to have him back. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, you know, maybe it's not the 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 most kind of like uh interesting uh example um it's not holocaust related at all i've always wanted to bring kazu ishiguru in i don't know if you okay. know him the british writer um okay. 
Reigns of the Day. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a movie made of it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. a long time ago now, but um, I just think he's one of the greatest writers alive today, writing in English and like. Yeah. Um, it would be, and I know when I came here for my interview, they asked me this question. I was like, "What about him?" And they're like, "We tried. He, he's he just he's way too expensive." Um, so, but like that would be like uh, that would be momentous. I don't know. I'm failing at this one. No, that's okay. I, I, I'll even gonna email you my answer later. That's okay. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's one of those questions. <laughs> totally. That, I'm like, I don't you know. know. Yeah. When, you, when you're rehearsing your lectures in the sh- in, yeah. in the bathtub or you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, now now that we're, we're we're totally full circle on that, thanks for your thanks for your time and sure. congratulations on the professorship. It sounds like a great opportunity. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for all your thoughtful questions and for having me on. I'm for more information on the Odyssey program or Hendrix College, please join us at hendrix.edu or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hendrix College. Thanks for listening.